0: in the not-too-distant future following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4 plus the hidden horrors of Secret World War 2. There's not much left. All that
1: remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. Sometimes they laugh, sometimes they argue, but they always record and upload their transmissions. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to The Last Comic Show.
0: Avengers Assemble! I was going to say, not really. We're just talking about one...
2: We might talk about more. Hey, it's The Last Comic Shop, and I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. And again, we are talking about one particular Avenger on today's program. We're going to be talking about that Archer extraordinaire, Hawkeye. And the uh, terrific book that was uh, recently released, Hawkeye Freefall... (laughs) By Matt Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt. Uh, They were the uh, primary creative forces behind this particular title. But before we get going on that comic book review on today's program, we decided it was time to talk a little bit more about the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And of course, I've got my uh, co-hosts J.A. Scott and Chad Smith to help me out with this very, very vital and important comic book debate what is the greatest second tier
0: member of the avengers what do you mean second tier avengers like are we talking west coast avengers or (laughs) great lake
2: avengers that's that's true look in my mind there are tiers to kind of how important you are in the i don't know avengers food chain like i would consider a second tier member Probably somebody below at least the big three. Now somebody somebody can kind of say no no no. It's probably more like the, the the starting five or whatever. But at least I can say that the big three: Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man. They they're they're the
1: core of that team. So they for even me are the, the,
0: they're not always there. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're the big three. They're
1: the big even th- though that Captain America wasn't existent when it started so you're just you're just getting getting rid of wasp and and uh ant man's con- contributions well, to that's the what founding. i said
2: i mean i guess you could say that it was like the starting five fine you yeah, know but what hank pym is a dick we can't <laughs> leave him
1: on the list <laughs> Look, all right
2: how about this for the purposes of today's discussion we're gonna say that the top tier avengers basically are the avengers from the original roster So that's basically Captain America Iron Man, Thor Hulk, uh, Hank, Pym, and Wasp So those six They primarily make up your starting six Avengers Not from the movies But from the comic books They're the original six So it's anybody below that People Like U.S. Agent or I don't know, Hercules maybe I, I don't know, we, we can Hercules. debate that Hercules Hercules But, like, that second tier, like, those are the other really important members of the Avengers that come
0: to mind. Because I think Hawkeye is in that tier. That's why I'm kind of going there. So I have a confession before we start in that uh, Avengers, uh, growing up, they weren't really my jam. In the 90s, when I was reading comics the first time around, the Avengers book kind of stung. And so (laughs) it's a bit of a blind spot for me with a lot of the classic Avengers stories. So my Avengers started with Brian Bendis. Okay. When he immediately blows up Vision and Hawkeye in his first issue, and uh, it makes me sad to think about. It. That was like twenty years ago. So I actually have a decent enough backlog of Avengers. I'm confident about talking about it, but not so much that I care about all the old school stuff. Well,
2: I mean, what what's your pick, Chad? I mean, I mean, if if you're going with the Brian Michael Bendis, that,
0: that's fine. What, what's your pick from the Bendis era on up? I, I for me it would be Luke Cage. Okay. Luke Cage was he was the heart and soul of the team he was the guy that you know he was a little bit out of his depth at first but uh he found himself and grew into a a leader for the franchise he was somebody that you know just embodied those ideals of what you want an Avenger to be and I I think he was a favorite of Brian Bendis and, and that continued even after long after Bendis had left the book where Luke Cage was a prominent influence
2: yeah, and I, and I agree with that, because eventually Luke Cage went on to lead an Avengers team on his own. Uh, he was uh, given you know the leadership reigns, similar to Hawkeye with West Coast Avengers. And I think that he kind of fits the mold of some of those uh, characters like Hawkeye, like Scarlet Witch, like Quicksilver, that come from kind of a more... I don't want to say street background, but like they were somewhere else within the Marvel universe and then bringing them onto the Avengers kind of elevated them a little bit and, and brought them up to like
0: that higher tier within the, the Marvel hero hierarchy, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it depends on how you rank that stuff, but I can see bringing them into the fold was more exposure. More people are probably reading Luke Cage after he joined the Avengers than before
1: for sure.
2: Okay. All right, J.A., what's your pick?
1: I guess uh, following along in the theme that, you know, like Hawkeye started out as a villain, became an Avenger. I always liked Namor when he uh, became an Avenger in the 80s. Oh, yeah! I thought that brought a little bit of, uh, you know, it didn't. It was one of those guys that comes in and doesn't quite work. And because of that friction and tension and everything else, it, it, it lets you write really good stories. So... And and I like name more as a character. I always felt that he was done a disservice sometimes in Marvel. They they used him to great effect early on in this you know, in this Stan Lee Jack Kirby era and then kind of for a couple of decades just was a second tier character that marvel didn't touch and we're still waiting for the mcu to bring him out so i'm hoping at some point we get to see a namor in film because he's one of my favorites and yeah okay you can say he's an aquaman uh analog but aquaman's no mutant thank you very much yeah
0: namor's complicated because well one for the movie stuff it- I think, are his rights still tied up somewhere, or has that been sorted out? Yeah,
2: I I don't know. I, I thought that they uh, were tied up because of a movie that they were going to make in the 90s or something. I I, I could be wrong on that. But well, I just want to
1: see the CGI ankle wings.
0: <laughs> Is he popping up in the X-Books? I, I've fallen off my uh, Hickman run but for a long time recently. Namor
1: was heavily invested in all the mutant stuff that's a good question i haven't seen him in now i'm just in the middle of dawn of x so i'm a little bit far behind i'm you know not exactly perfectly current on that but i don't think he's coming to krakoa he was sort of like victor von doom he was like yeah i'm not going there i've got my thing here thank
0: you (laughs) he's such a complicated character and he has his fingers in Like You mentioned his history with the Avengers, his history with the Fantastic Four, his history with the X-Men. Namor's all over, and he's always a dick. That's true. And that's, I think, the reason why uh, I've never been a
2: huge fan of Namor just simply because I... I'm kind of like the writers to that point where it's like, I don't know what to do with him. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he is his own thing? Is he an anti-hero? Is he a straight on like megalomaniac? You know, he drowned New York at one point. Like, yeah, but he was an getting, invader. He Yes, he was an invader. Yes, he was a member of the Avengers. Yes, he was a member of the Defenders with a uh, Hulk. Doctor Strange and, and Valkyrie and all those folks. Don't forget, he's a sexy man in tiny pants. It's true. But at the same time, he was also one of the primary characters in supervillain team up. In the, in the 70s, they teamed him with Dr. Doom every single month. So it's like, for me, it's like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he his own thing? Like, is he a hobo? Is he, is he own his own company? <laughs> like, it's weird. Like, he's all over the map. And it's like, I feel like they never know what to do with Namor. And so I, I agree that he's kind of cool and it would be neat to see him in a movie. But I I don't know. I, for favorite Avengers, nah. I, I, I just don't know. Mine, of course is his vision and Scarlet Witch. But if I was going to go outside of those two, I think that uh, one of my favorite uh, Avengers of all time uh, has to be Safari Jacket,
0: Wonder Man, Safari Jacket, (laughs) Wonder Man,
2: (laughs) Wonder Man is cool, but I was going to go with his running buddy from the 1970s. I always liked the beast. I always liked the beast on the Avengers. Because unlike when the Beast was on, you know, the X-Men, I felt like when the Beast's on the X-Men, he has to be like, I don't know the brains of the operation. He's like in a position of kind of authority or whatever, but when he gets to be on the Avengers, he kind of gets to slack off a little bit and just be a jokester and just be himself a little bit. And he gets to, you know, have this awesome, you know, Hey, let's go out on the town. Wonder man, let's go pick up some babes and let, let me, let me spike my hair and we'll go out. You know, it's just nice. He doesn't have all that seriousness and so if you've ever never read any of those 70s issues with the avengers where you get to see the beast wonder man it's kind of like booster gold and, and blue beetle at that point it was like their version of of that in the marvel universe and so it
0: works for me i have a question hawkeye versus tony stark who slept with more avengers <laughs> oh, wow um uh, i'd probably say that. hawkeye honestly because i don't
2: think tony unless it's happening off panel because tony doesn't actually sleep with a lot of the avengers he's like, had
0: relationships with she hulk with ground.
2: maybe again maybe i missed those issues but i always thought they were like tongue in cheek ha 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 this is happening again maybe off panel um but who hasn't
0: she hulk slept with god <laughs> she slept with every she slept with juggernaut i think uh, Yeah, she did but we shouldn't be she hulk shaming i don't think. <laughs> i love she hulk i did a whole show on she hulk i'm not
2: she hulk shaming let her <laughs> if that's what she would like to do mix it up with
0: the uh, hercules go over go right in. there you go yeah it's definitely a blind spot for me i have to check that out yeah Absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully one
2: thing that's not going to be a blind spot after this week's episode is Hawkeye, because we're going to talk a lot about the Avengers uh, Fantastic Archer. So stay tuned for more Last Comic Shop right after these messages. We'll be getting into Hawkeye Freeform!
0: the three-legged dog of the comics. It was bad. These two
1: gentlemen met in jail, and then when they got out, they started publishing. It should have been mobsters instead of doing what they do in comics. Management there was questionable at times. Some of it has to do
2: with people who go to jail. We are sinners. We have corrupted the youth. Stuff that should never have been sold to kids. And then there was Charlton. I couldn't quite tell what they were doing. Charlton was just a
0: hodgepodge of weird titles. What is this? Who am I dealing with? John threw nickels around like they were manhole covers.
2: C-A-T-A-P. They were cheap. Hell yes, they're cheap. They were a special, kind of special is what they were. Critic was horrible. You could smell them beginning to decay even as they were rolling off the press.
0: At one point, they actually did have to move the comics operation into a bowling alley it's something
1: out of a sitcom we want to publish comic books in the worst way and they did it's been called the street fighting cousin of marvel and dc maybe you've heard of them probably not but you do know the industry legends that called it home this is charlton comics follow at charltonmovie.com oh it's gonna suck
2: all right, we've got a bullseye for this week's show on The Last Comic Shop. We hope it's a bullseye for everybody else.
0: I was going to say, Hold he on. shows up in issue five and six, right? We've, That's true. we definitely got a bullseye. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about Hawkeye, somebody that always hits bullseyes.
2: And, um, of course, on today's program, we're going to be reviewing the terrific comic book six-part miniseries, uh, Hawkeye Freefall, which uh, is actually fairly recent. Um, so if you, if you enjoy today's program and you haven't uh, read this book yet, you can go out to your comic book shops now and still pick it up. I
0: believe. Yeah. Uh, I would actually implore you to do so. You see, this is one of those books that came out, uh, and it started before the pandemic. Right. And so issues one through four of the six issue, Benny. And originally it was solicited as an ongoing series. I thought it was an ongoing series. But anyway, after issue four, that whole pandemic hit and the world went to whatever it did. And uh, we almost didn't get the ending. Marvel had canceled the book. And so they decided they were going to release issues five and six as digital only. And as somebody that, you know, I still go to the comic shops on a weekly basis and buy physical books. Uh, I won't lie, I use the digital copies, and I love the digital things, and being able to carry around a 100 or so books on my iPad. But, uh, you know, I was kind of disappointed that the physical book wasn't going to be there. Fortunately, there was enough of an outcry that Marvel actually, even though it was later, after they had already done the digital thing, they actually released the physical copies for 5 and 6, Okay, um, which was good. But also, uh, and we'll get to this later, as there's going to be spoilers here in the show, I really want there to be another series after this. I think it's criminal for them to leave the series where they did. Like I need to see.
1: Oh, well goes. said criminal. Well said,
0: <laughs> but yes, you know-
2: i i do remember uh the you know we were talking originally when this series was was coming out and then the COVID hit and uh chad was like i don't know if i'm gonna get five and six and i don't know if they're they're telling me it's just gonna be digital only and i'm like well at least you're still gonna be able to read the story Chad he's like no it doesn't matter that i i need to have the i need to have them all like an issue form that's the way i'm collecting them that's where i have to put them
0: in my collection that way you put them in the little baggie and you keep them there you want to read the story you go to the baggie it's all there they don't that's right at least the last part it's not all there exactly no i don't like
2: this multi-format thing no this doesn't work for so I, I am glad that they they decided to have ultimately released this all in in physical form for for folks so go out there and get it um but if you're wondering who did hawkeye freefall ja uh, who again I, I think we talked about the writer and artist before but again let's repeat it
1: Yeah, okay, so we've got Hawkeye Freefall, as you said, six-issue miniseries written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Otto Schmidt, letter by VCs Joe Sabino, cover art by Kim Jacinto and Tamara Bonvillian.
2: Well, very good. And uh, as always, let's get our 10-cent synopsis by the guy that recommended the book for this week, and that would be Chad
0: Smith. So, Chad, what happens in Hawkeye Freefall? Okay, so this is sort of a takeoff. Since the Matt Fractionary, they turned Hawkeye into your your favorite screw up Avenger. But we all know when you have screw up friends in real life, rarely do they keep going and doing heroic things. They end up screwing up and then screwing up more, then screwing up to the point where, like, ooh, I don't know if they can come back from that one. And that's exactly what happens in Hawkeye Freefall. He gets access to a time machine that lets him go an hour into the future, and then he starts trying to fix things. And you know, and he knows he's going to keep screwing things up. And boy, does he ever. And so towards the tail end of the story, he's made some choices. And is he a good guy still? Is he a bad guy still? I don't know. There's no issue seven. It was a mini series. It's driving me crazy. We need to get this stuff back up. Then. But yeah. Screw up, screws up. That's the, the synopsis. Okay. And and you did, as uh, as
2: you said, uh, you know, this is a book about Hawkeye. And I, I, I want to say that, The main reason why I think Hawkeye is such a compelling character, and I'm glad that they continue in Hawkeye Freefall with kind of the seeds that were planted in in Matt Fraction's previous Hawkeye series. I mean, the reason why I think he's so compelling is can, can be boiled down into two hard and fast rules. Number one, he started off his life as a villain. And number two, he's one of these, he's the only essential Avenger, at least that I know of, that has absolutely no superpowers. So, right off the bat, you get a character that's instantly relatable because he's both flawed and human. And there, if there's nothing that all of us readers are, it's that we're entirely flawed and we're completely human. So, I feel like you have an in with hawkeye you're like no i'm a schlub
0: i can relate with this schlub <laughs>
2: yeah. well, that's,
0: for me dating back to the 80s captain or hawkeye always seemed like captain america jr he was like captain america want to be with a chip on his shoulder like i can be just as good and all that stuff and that wasn't appealing to me until they turned him into this screw-up that you know after uh wanda killed him and then he came back and then he didn't have his identity for a while, and he was—he borrowed the Ronin identity from Echo, and, like, they did all this weird stuff to the character, but eventually, once they established that, you know, he's this guy, sure, he can make any shot uh, with a bow and arrow that he wants, but, like, how much of a skill is that in real life?
2: <laughs> and so, <laughs> with the rest
0: of his life in shambles, his social skills and all that stuff, like, that's when he became an appealing character, at least in my eyes. Well, I know, and I agree. I mean, I I
2: won't lie. As somebody that's read a lot of Bronze Age, Silver Age Avengers, this whole notion of a Hawkeye that does morally questionable things, like that... That has roots. Like uh, I, I, I think about Avengers a- Annual 16. If you find it in a dollar bin. It's a great story. It's called "The Day Death Died." I mean, that in itself is a great title for any comic book. But basically, he and Captain America survive. The death of all the other Avengers At the hands of the Grandmaster You know the Grandmaster who likes to play chess with all these folks One of the elders of the universe So him and Captain America are the only ones That are still alive And basically Grandmaster says I'll bring back all the Avengers if you can beat me In one game And so he basically cheats like a hustler at three card monty to defeat the Grandmaster. You know, like the whole shell game. Like he's like, ah, oh, there was the card. Sorry, Grandmaster, you, you failed. And, and there's other things. You read any like 20 issues of the Avengers, he'll quit. He even quit the West Coast Avengers and he was the leader of that group. And it's like that, he's incredibly selfish with the women in his life, like he's treated Mockingbird and Spider Woman, just to name a few, like cheats on them, he dumps them, he doesn't give them back the Weezer collection after he's dumped them, it's, it's just bad. So he has these roots and so it's nice to see these roots kind of come full circle because by the end of this book he's a
0: villain again oh. yeah,
1: I, don't, I don't know if he's a villain i think you know we need the issue seven uh i think he's <laughs> definitely very much in the camp of ends justify the means um what i like about hawkeye and i agree with chad that you know he used to be sort of captain america light but with bows and arrows <laughs> is he's much more complicated now much broader character i like that they've brought in flaws and, and addressed things that you don't see in a, a comic book character that much i mean he has a natural disability he can't hear very well he has to wear hearing aids i think they did a whole run for a while where they used american sign language as part of the comic book a while back, uh, in yeah, with this, the fractionation run, that was great. Yeah, yeah. In this series, they don't mention it that much, but they always uh, they always draw him with an outside the ear hearing aid, not mentioning it but showing it. And I, if you read some of the letters pages after these issues, somebody wrote in and said, "Thank you for." You know, keeping it over the ear, out of the ear, because there's been some time in the past where they've artists have drawn it as a little thing that you put in your ear, and then it's not really a disability if you're not showing it, you know. And, And this is something that. Appeals to people who, who are dealing with, you know, hearing loss and, and wearing a hearing aid and, and the stigma that might come with that or the perceived stigma if, if they feel it. And, you know, having a comic book character has those similar issues, I think, is big and it's important. Um, I like the humor in this book. Usually, I'm, you know, I'm like, well, you can't be funny and be edgy and be hyper violent at the same time it doesn't work. It works in this book. I could not help myself laughing when they're going, here is my fortress of solid dudes. That is the best name. <laughs> is that not the best? And his explanation for trying to, to jump in time so that he's both Ronin and Hawkeye so people won't know that he's Ronin because it's a different guy. And then bringing back Robot Hawkeye.
0: Oh, <laughs> the spiral. And that's the thing, too, and I, I don't want to step on your toes, but uh, just when you start the, the opening of the issue, and his his big bad that he's going up against is the hood, and the hood is basically, you know, he's a, a, a newer, lesser version of the Kingpin, but he has the system wrapped around his finger, and Hawkeye, like we said, he's he's trying to go up against this guy, but he's approaching it like a screw-up wood, where right? he... He chases bad money after even more bad money and like has a bad idea. And he doubles down on that and brings in another bad idea. So it's not just the time traveling. Oh, so I can be Ronan and Hawkeye at the same time and nobody's going to know. It's also bringing in the life model decoy from shield. It's also corralling a scroll who he gets the information from uh, breaking. It was a shield or sword files, whatever he finds, the, you know, aliens on the plane. He's like, all right, I need you. And in the meantime, the collateral damage is so devastating. It's,
1: it builds. Up. He loses his girlfriend. The the kid, the hacker kid he recruited from the hood, gets. Yeah. Well, what yeah. kills him. <gasps> Captain America and U.S. Agent both get shot by Hawkeye, but one of them is not Hawkeye. But Hawkeye sometimes Hawkeye and not Hawkeye, and Ronin and not Ronin and it, no, Goliath. For like one panel, yeah,
2: <laughs> that's that's a great scene too for somebody that's been a long time fan. When he puts on the Goliath costume and the hacker kids like, so so when did you wear that? He's like, oh, I was going through a weird phase at that time because it's like the bare chested thing. It's like this weird man, man bra thing, <laughs> which just you just see the pecs, and I, and it is right that that is a weird looking costume from the late '60s. And so, but no, I I I, I like the fact that again. You know, we've all had moments like this where it might have not got to this point, but I guarantee everybody listening to this podcast, I'm guaranteeing my co-host and I, we've had a bad idea and then doubled down on that bad idea, whether it was out of pride, whether it was about out out of like a sense of duty or honor, or like just kind of like, I mean, in this book, like he just wants to get the hood like he tries to go the the, the right way at the beginning of the story and the system beats him like the hood's got you know the politicians in his pocket or whatever and he he walks and he just
0: can't let it go like he becomes obsessed with like bringing down the hood not only does the hood walk but the guys the Hood is employing, the low level guys, those are the guys that end up paying the price. Yeah, and, and and Hawkeye can't stand it. Like he just can't stand it. He's like laying there
2: in in bed with his sexy girlfriend, and he's just like, "No, I'm gonna say it." It's like a
0: Columbo episode, you know? What? Just one more thing about the Hood and that panel. I, I have it in front of me. Like that summarizes the series where he's there, and the night nurse is laying right next to him, and you know, she's like, "Clint, you have to let this go." He's like, "I know." And she's like, no, seriously, you need to stop dwelling on this stuff. He's like, you're right. I'll let it go. And then the little panel, the thought bubble in the corner is like, I won't. And that's just Hawkeye in a nutshell. He knows he's going to screw it up. Right. He does it anyway. But, I mean, we've all doubled down on these bad
2: ideas. And it's just like, and, and things just then snowball. And it's like, then you got to right. kind of, you're trying to stop the snowball by going downhill. And, and by doing so, you're just adding to the pile. And,
1: and it just gets more and more absurd it's like no that's not me that's somebody else in ronin's costume which is my costume fighting like me moving like me but not me because i'm me
2: <laughs> the best part is when he says he's on a, a secret mission for captain america he tells spider-man that at one point and then captain america comes and that's like one of those moments like captain america even shows up and like I'm going to give you one chance, Clint. Just tell me what's going on, and and I'll see what I can do to fix this. Because you know that Captain America honestly probably has it within his power to put the brakes on at that point and probably fix things. Like, Captain America will figure it out. He'll be like, yeah, 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 all right, I'll do this. I'm your buddy. I'm coming to your rescue. I'm like your older brother. I'll make this right. And Hawkeye still looks him in the face and goes, "I'm not doing anything, Cap." And it's just like you want to strangle him at that point. You want like, ah, but, yeah. it's like,
0: but you want to see how that goes. You want to see how that ends because it's going to end badly. Right. Well, my favorite part is is the constant humiliation in this series, including whenever he goes up against the Living Bomb, and they're like, "You sent the worst Avenger against me," <laughs> and he's like, "I'm not the worst Avenger." Meanwhile, here's Luke Cage. And he's getting yeah, shot Luke by Luke Cage
1: Shot, it, can you come down? It's kind of emasculating. I'm hiding here behind a car so I don't get shot. You're just standing there in the hail of bullets having a conversation with me. Yeah.
0: And Luke is like, you're screwing up. Meanwhile, he's getting pelted by all these bullets. No,
2: it's just great. Right. And I, I think, again, that's why it counterbalances. I, it, back to my original comments about the fact that, like, he started again. His, his life as a villain and he has absolutely no superpower. So he's flawed and he's also human. We have all been in those moments where again we have tried to do the right thing. We have tried to put things behind us. Like we've tried you know, you know we knew that this was something we shouldn't be obsessed about. We should be like we just let it go. Just let it go. It doesn't matter anymore. Like we've had friends, ah just forget about that. Forget about that jerk that you know spitting your soup, you know or whatever. Just let it go. And but you're like no, 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 I'm going to get that guy. I'm going to get him. I'm gonna and and it becomes it becomes an obsession and that's what happens here like this and, and it's the worst kind because this hood guy he's nuts. And that's the best part about this. All these characters that show up like uh, Falcon and Bucky show up at one point together. And then you got Mockingbird that shows up. Daredevil shows up after the hood decides that because Ronan's stealing from him kills like an entire uh, warehouse full of MAGA, MAGA people, um, MAGA gangsta- gangsters and, 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 and Daredevil's like, you know, we have an ecosystem and like the hood's just, you know, he's doing a lot of crazy stuff because of this Ronan guy. So like we don't want the hood, we want Ronan because that's really the cause of all this problem. It, it, again, it, it's it's something that we can all kind of relate to because we've all been in that situation where like I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting this go when you know you just let it go and, and and you'll probably feel much better. It's so human and he's so he's so flawed and he's, he's so, so bad at it. <laughs> exactly, but he's he it's like counterbalanced by moments where he's like badass. Like, he sincerely, he puts on the Ronin mask and, like, no, like, villain can stand up to him. Like, you know, throwing swords at, like, gas tanks and blowing things up and surviving fights against Spider-Man, which he has no business, you know, surviving. He has skills. There is a reason why he was the leader of the the West Coast Avengers. Like, this guy is incredibly competent. Like, he talks about it in one of the books that, you know, I've got to beat four of the best hand-to-hand fighters in the world. Guess what? He does hang with them. Which means he's probably number one, yeah. but it doesn't matter.
1: Tri- tripping over his own feet, like like when he he needed to raise money, so he went into that fighting ring and bet on himself, and then it pays off. He's like, "Where's the rest of my money?" He's like, "Oh well, the hood bet on you too, so you had to split all your profits with him." <laughs>
0: yeah, just as soon as he thinks he's getting him, it's like, no, nope, he just made the hood money.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, you're focused on one street level villain. Even the superheroes who show up are mostly street level. It felt like this could have been a net one of those Netflix MCU spinoff shows. You know, it had that mix of grittiness and humor that I thought the Netflix shows really captured. They were a little bit darker than the mainline MCU movies. And this is a little bit darker than your normal hero book that you're reading, your normal comic. you know, it, it it's got some pretty graphic violence in it. But to counterbalance that, you've got all this humor and really witty writing.
0: right? No, I, I totally agree where the humor is there, but also the consequences are there of all the the choices that he makes, and you know, we talked about the what's left in the wake. Uh, The other thing we didn't mention, too, is Bullseye. They bring in Bullseye here at the end. And I I have to kind of applaud them for making Bullseye the Venom Hawkeye. You know, he's the equal opposite. He has the equal but opposite power set. He was even the, the Dark Hawkeye during the Dark Avengers days. Right. And so it's always neat to see them like, here's Clint. Even though he's doing all these dumb things, he's trying to do his best. And he has altruistic goals. You know if not uh the the ways he's trying to accomplish them whereas bullseye is the exact opposite where he there's no altruism there he is just a stone cold killer who's doing bad stuff to anybody and everything in his path and it's you know characters need that contrast look at all the mcu movies it's always you know oh it's tony stark and obadiah Stane or oh it's spider-man and venom it's you know yellow jacket and ant-man like, it's always the equal but opposite. And so they've they've kind of borrowed Bullseye from Daredevil and be like, no, you belong with Hawkeye. He's your yin-yang guy. Right. Yeah. right. And,
1: and, and, but he's more complex here. I always felt, you know, those guys you mentioned in the MCU movies, they're almost too cookie-cutter bad, right? And Bullseye here, I think, is, you know, he's just that level above. There's a little bit more complexity to it, so... The things he says are, while evil and reprehensible, there's some thought put into what he's doing as well. And I love that scene where it's Bullseye versus Ronin, except that Bullseye is wearing Ronin's costume and Hawkeye is wearing his Bullseye's costume. And Bullseye as Ronin says to Hawkeye as Bullseye, Oh, you look really good in that costume. Black is really slimming. <laughs> Hawkeye's like, Dude, really? Yeah.
2: Now it, it should happen more often. I, I mean, I don't even think it's borrowing from Daredevil anymore because honestly, in, in recent years, it's all it's been Daredevil Kingpin, right? Like Bullseye's not really Daredevil's equal, but
0: opposite, right? I mean, oh, well, Bullseye shows up every twelfth issue. He's it, he's Daredevil's Joker, as much as the Kingpin is is a, a, a different big bad. Bullseye's like his second in command. True. But I, I
2: think he works so well with Hawkeye. Again, to your Dark Avengers uh, mention, it, it's it, they are kind of pretty much the same character. They've got pretty much the same power set. It's just they're the two sides of one coin. So anytime they have that opportunity to kind of. But I, I won't lie. I, I thought bringing in Bullseye towards the end was about this the moment in this story where I, I thought there were a lot of ideas and that one was maybe one too many on top of the pile. Cause I understood how like bullseye came into the story and why you told that. But like, for me, there was like a, there was so much going on, whether it was, again, with like the life-model decoy robot Hawkeye, whether it was the Skrull Hawkeye, whether it was Hawkeye as Ronan time-traveling, whether it was bringing in all the street-level characters like D-Man and, <laughs> uh, you, you know, U.S. <laughs> Agent. Thrasher. And Night Thrasher shows up. So they're just throwing all these ideas, and it's neat because some of them really don't matter other than being kind of cameos. But the bullseye idea especially when it came in in like issues five and six, it kind of thought like it was like a little bit of an afterthought. It was like, Oh, we took a break from the COVID. Now we come back and we're like, what would happen if we threw bullseye in to the mix? And you're like, all right. Cause by the end of it, it just goes back to him versus hood, which I, I thought it should have stayed with the entire
0: time. That's yeah. just me. I can see your point, but I also, you know, to reemphasize what Jay brought up, Rosenberg really takes it out of that old, the the traditional equal but opposite thing you know by pairing them up in each other's outfits and like it's hilarious meta commentary on the state of comic books i think that's one of the things rosenberg as a writer does really well is he takes all these elements and just has fun with it in a way that you don't always see
1: yeah that that whole scene where it's the scroll as ronin Hawkeye as Hawkeye, and then the Hawkeye robot as Ronin, who Hawkeye then shoots in the head and says, help me get him undressed so I can become Ronin. I thought I was Ronin. No, you're going to be me.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, we've got more Last Comic Shop coming up right after these messages. We're going to get our rating for Hawkeye Freefall, as well as our final thoughts and some recommendations. So stay tuned for all of
0: that.
1: Welcome to Victims and Villains. This is the channel where we talk nerd, we talk hope, and we speak nothing else. I'm your host, Captain Nostalgia, and I'm so glad that you are here to join us. Victims and Villains is a podcast and YouTube channel that marries pop culture and suicide prevention, producing content with the intent to let people know that there is hope, that there is a better way, and that each and every listener has value and worth
0: listen to victims and villains on your favorite podcast catcher or on youtube by searching for victims and villains also check out their website victimsandvillains.net
2: all right we're back with more of the last comic shop and it is now time for our ratings where we tell matt rosenberg and otto schmidt what we really thought of their book in number form that's right. It's the best form available. It's better than a lot of other things. It's not like candy form or board game form or... This is poor form. Let's just move
0: on to That's, the actual ratings. That's true.
2: So it's a one out of four scale. And as always, J.A. Scott likes to pick a interesting way for us to rate those books on the one on the four scale. So what's our rating scale for this week,
1: J.A.? So, in honor of the Apple's new purple-colored iPhone, we're going with purple arrows. There you go. <laughs>
0: Collected
1: after the scene of
0: a superhuman event.
1: Yes, because they don't grow on trees. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what it's is so Captain shield?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, that reminds me of that other great line where he's just like when he he has the uh, fights with Bullseye, and he's just like, Nah, because I use trick arrows, dumbass. <laughs> And it's the best because, I mean, trick arrows are awesome. If I was Hawkeye, I'd use them all the time. I don't know why people shit on
1: <laughs> trick arrows anymore, but you know, that's... I if know. I had a trick arrow, I think I'd want it to have one of those confetti poppers in it. So you shoot it. <laughs> you know, very like festive. a party popper. Yeah, if
0: I had a trick arrow, the trick would be going where it's supposed
1: to. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's the one I would name.
1: I always liked, like, the oil slick arrow. Ah, that was just, that was a bit too Batman. See, all the trick arrows, some of them, it starts to go into the realm of Batman for me. Like, like the, exploding the shark- arrow makes sense. Uh, a grappling hook arrow makes sense. But then all the other stuff, then you start like, what, are we going to have shark repellent arrows? And...
0: I like the boomerang arrows. Those are always good. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a boomerang arrow. Something arrow. arrow. It's called physics.
0: It it's like called it. comic books. Take I your know. physics and stuff. I, I like the bolo arrow.
2: That's neat. Bolos. I think they're cool. And another thing I think is cool is J.A. Scott's rating. So, J.A., how many purple arrows are you giving this?
1: I'm giving it four. This is just a straight bullseye. No pun intended. Probably. <laughs> the combination of shock horror and violence and humor and having the whole setup and then just watching it free i mean it's aptly named free Fold. watching Clint just descend all these ideas and machinations he have just absolutely go tit crazy it's just awesome
0: all right chad what's your rating one thing we haven't talked about was the auto schmidt art and i thought like this was a revelation for me. He was an artist that he runs the gamut where he does those action scenes so well, but also the the humiliation of Clint, you could really see the emotion and like as great as Matthew Rosenberg's story is and how he sets up all the pieces and you watch the spiral downward, uh, I thought Otto Schmidt's art played a, a huge role in the impact of this story. You know, he could run the gamut from the action to the emotion to the humiliating, to the hilarious. And so it doesn't happen without Otto Schmidt. My one big qualm is these sons of guns didn't continue this series yet, and you can't leave this series at the end. Or is it Fancy Dan, who's like, when Hawkeye's walking away, he's like, "I just let him go. He's one of us now. You can't leave it like that. you got to pick this up somehow. And so my rating uh, it would be a four if they don't continue this with another series i'm dropping it all the way down to a two because they have just been playing with my emotions somebody else comes out with a hawkeye series and it's not screw up hawkeye clean it up his mess uh, i'm gonna be so mad
1: and Uh, you're breaking your arrows that's right
0: just (laughs) snapping them over the knee and throwing them out in the trash
2: Right. Well, I'm going to give it a little bit of a lower rating just simply because of what I mentioned about Bullseye. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.75, Purple Arrows. And again, it's because I, I I thought, although it was super cool that Bullseye came in, it was just one idea too many on top of a, of, of a pile. And it just kind of tipped that balance over into something else. And I was just like, uh, did you just want to tell a Bullseye-Hawkeye story for an issue? Okay, that's fine, but... I would have rather you just focused on the unrelenting feud with the hood. Like that was just gold for like four issues. And, and, and to Chad's point, honestly, this book is like Otto Schmidt, Schmorgesborg of street level characters. Who else do you want to see Otto Schmidt draw? Do you want to see him draw Bucky? Do you want to see him draw all of the uh, the enforcers? Like, again, Fancy Dan and the Ox and Rhino and Shocker. And, and it's like every single person he draws looks wonderful. Like, I would love to see and now a Otto Schmidt Spider-Man book. Or I would love to see him do Black Widow because I thought she looked gorgeous in this story. I would love to see him just do a, a Falcon Winter Soldier book. Because they looked great. Like, everybody looked good. They, she, even Aunt May looked good. Like, she was standing <laughs> up on that stage, and she looked like she was 40. Like, I was like, I have never seen Aunt May look more vivacious. It was, it was
1: definitely the Marissa Tomei Aunt May. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, with silver hair, she can be a silver lady for sure. But I, I just thought that Otto Schmidt's art was wonderful. And, uh, you know, uh, Night Nurse looked sexy as hell and like every single scene like oh my gosh she was sitting in that t-shirt and that's my t-shirt and she's like are you gonna keep me warm all night cowboy and i was like oh my gosh that was so good but then he didn't let it go he did let it go and that's the thing i think you are hardwired to like hawkeye in stories like this because I think everybody loves the notion of people getting second chances and people making amends for the bad stuff that they do. Like we love Han Solo and because he makes that face turn and, at the last second and saves the day. Like, that's what you're waiting for in this book. You're waiting for the moment where Hawkeye says, nope, everything's going to turn around. And ta-da, here I am. Because that's what we hope happens in our own lives. Like, we're hoping that someday when all of those bad decisions that we make, it ends up going right in the end and we're like yep we came out on top smelling like roses when in in fact we look like a pile of shit to most other people outside but and and so i just think it's human and i think that you know they tap into this end of the story and that's why it's 3.75 but they shouldn't have put bullseye in i liked (laughs) it but they shouldn't have put them in do you
1: think
0: hawkeye's broken at the end though
1: Because he hasn't had his face turned yet to to go to Otto Schmidt's art. By the end, he is just a battered, battered man in his original purple Hawkeye costume as well. You know, he starts out with the sort of the modern, cool-looking Hawkeye costume, and by the end of the six-issue run, he's back in the classic Silver Age purple tights.
2: Right. Well, I I won't lie that even though I like Hawkeye being a good guy— I would not mind seeing a full on series where, yeah, Hawkeye's a bad guy now. Like, not his choice, but now he's a part of that life. And he's trying to make amends. He's trying to maybe dig himself out, but no other superheroes respect him anymore. Nobody trusts him anymore. So it could be interesting to see how, like, sometimes that's what happens. That's how people make that villain turn. It's just a series of bad choices. And then all of a sudden, now that's the life that they have to lead. And maybe they had a good heart to start with. But unfortunately, those bad choices led to them a place where they don't have any other alternatives. I don't want to see him dig out of this. You know, one day they said, oh, Captain America comes in and makes everything better. No, I'd rather see him... Be a member of the superior foes of Spider-Man,
0: to be honest. Oh, hanging out at the bar with no name, with waiting for trivia night like the rest of the guys?
1: That's right. I, I, I don't know if I want him to be a villain, but I like the idea that he's not, like, you know, up and up on a hero. Sort of like a bumbling Punisher type. So, he's not trying to kill people, but people end up dying because he's, he's messed up. That, that, to me, is much more interesting, because... You know, living in the gray, where not everything is just black and white. Not everything is superhero or villain. There is there is a middle area, and it can be occupied by more than one character besides the Punisher.
2: Especially somebody that's actually likable. Right. And one thing that's always likable on our show is recommendations, where we give you other comic books that you should go and check out at your local comic book shop, in addition to picking up Hawkeye Freefall. And as always on this show, we like to give you a current book, a similar book, and a book out of left field. So this week, uh, our current book comes from the wonderful Chad Smith. So Chad, give us something else that people can pick up that... Came out fairly recently.
0: Okay, yeah, this is mostly recently. So coming out of Secret Empire, and I want to say this was around twenty seventeen, we had Tales of Suspense rebooted featuring Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier. And the whole story is about them tracing down uh clones of the Black Widow out there. And you sort of have that dynamic from the recent TV show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, only this time you have Hawkeye in the buddy role. And it's one of those things where the Winter Soldier is just that much more serious and that much more heavy-handed than Clint is. But it's, it's fun to watch them go through all these things. And, you know, Clint is still that same screw-up character. And it's another Matthew Rosenberg story that ended way too soon. Uh, they ended up getting five issues that were collected in a trade before they moved on to the next thing. But uh, Tales of Suspense featuring Hawkeye and the Winter Soldier, still something I recommend. It's still lots of fun and available at your local comic shops as we speak yeah
2: it's got some good art who who does the art in that oh uh travel foreman does beautiful art in this I got to agree with that. Uh, my book is is similar in some ways in, in just the fact that it has Hawkeye in it. And uh, for those folks that maybe don't like Hawkeye as a screw-up, maybe you are a bigger fan of Hawkeye as a stalwart member of the Avengers. Maybe you want to read when he was a leader of the Avengers. Then you can go and pick up Avengers West Coast Family Ties. Uh, it doesn't have Alex P. Keaton in it. Aww. It doesn't have Tina Yethers in it. But it does have... Some great issues from the Vision and Scarlet Witch miniseries that was highly referenced in the recent WandaVision TV show, Uh, basically where, you know, you've got them as a couple and post where vision tried to take over the world after being corrupted by a, an alien supercomputer and it kind of leads into all that stuff that eventually would happen where you get white vision and uh scarlet witch going crazy because uh her kids are reabsorbed by the devil but if you want to read all of the story that leads up to that Family Ties is a great series to begin with. It it basically collects the first nine issues of Avengers West Coast, plus two issues from, as I said, the Vision Scarlet Witch miniseries. And uh, it does have some neat side stories with, like, How Vision and Wonder Man are technically brothers because they have the same brain patterns and I I don't know they fight uh, Grim Reaper who is always one of my favorite Avengers villains of all time just because I love his look like is there anybody that has more of a badass costume than the Grim Reaper with the giant antler horns and the scythe on his hand it's just neat. Uh, But yeah, you can pick it up in a hardbound collection. Uh, And again, it's called Family Ties. It's written primarily by Steve Englehart uh, with art by uh, Al Milgram. So some great uh, kind of Bronze Age Avengers for you. And here comes the uh, out of left field pick this week from Jay Scott. So Jay, what do you got for us this week?
1: Uh, Well, first, I think you added a cycloc K to scythe (laughs) (laughs) when you said scythe. My out-of-left-field pick is the Black Arrow. So we're still on Archers, but this is the Illustrated Classics version of Robert Louis Stevenson's The Black Arrow, published in 1946, issue 31 of Classics Illustrated. You can find it on uh, archive.org. It's a 52-page comic book about... Dick Shelton, the son of a murdered father going through England and Scotland during the War of the Roses. And how he rescues his lady and falls in with the outlaw Black Arrow and Black Arrow Gang against the evil Sir Daniel Brackley and the rich people in uh, the Tunstall Forest in southern Scotland, I believe. So it is a very, uh, you know, nice throwback comic book adaptation of a classic Robert Louis Stevenson novel.
0: I just remember the movie from the eighties where the uh, crazy wife fed the, the dude, his dog as a pate. (laughs) No, but the nice
2: thing about those illustrated classics are is they've got, they've got really great art. And uh, again, a lot of them are in public domain. So one of the things we like to do on the, on the show is bring people into the tent. And if you are one of these people that, you know, You want to read some of these great novels from from history, but you'd rather do it in comic book form. Again, check out these kind of illustrated classics. They, They are really nice. I forget who did the art in that one
1: illustrated by arnold hicks
2: (laughs) well something that's not from the 15th century is our website because they didn't have the internet back then it's www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com terrific place where you can download all of our wonderful episodes many of them evergreen so uh if you've basically missed an episode or say you've read one of uh, these books that we've covered on one of our episodes recently and you're like gosh I just read Wonder Woman Dead Earth and I need to hear the last comic shop's review of it because I want to see how it stacks up to my thought process. Check us out! Rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, YouTube, CastBox, uh, Amazon Podcasts, and a variety of other places. And while you're listening to not only this week's episode, the past episodes that are really
1: wonderful, you can wear some of our terrific merch. We have of uh, a variety of mugs and hats and shirts and sweatshirts. And this week only, you can get them in purple.
2: That's right. Purple with lots of trick arrows, like sonic arrows. Did you know that's how he lost his hearing, by the way? Not a lot of people know that. It was in the Hawkeye miniseries. Uh, He basically bit down on a sonic arrow uh, in order to break, I think, mind control or something like that. And it basically shattered his eardrums. That series came out in 1982 to 1983. It's a four part mini, which you can probably find in Buck
0: Bins as well. So, if you. I was just going to say, you're looking for Buck Bins, you're looking for comic books, your best bet is to find a local comic shop. You can use the Comic Shop Locator at www.comicshoplocator.com and support some of those businesses that help uh, keep this industry afloat and give us cool stuff to read and talk about on a weekly basis.
2: All right. And until next time I was the host with the most Andy Larson and I was joined by Jay Scott and Chad Smith and make sure that you all stay safe stay sheltered and uh, if you're going to make a duplicate of yourself, I'd say go with the Skrull versus the Life Model Decoy because I don't know Skrulls are cool and they e- seem to have awesome breakdancing moves. Either way, keep them away from your girlfriend. Have some sense Unless would say, she's into you know- that You
1: never know, that's a lot of different hands. That's taking battery operated to another whole nother level. Oh boy. The last comic shop was a 2021 Black Angus production.